Let's keep standing and pray. God, we thank You that Your Word is a seed that You plant in our hearts and that the soil, of course, is our hearts. So will You prepare our hearts right now? If there's anything hard that's in our hearts, will You remove it and will You soften our hearts? Take hearts of stone and make them hearts of flesh right now. I pray that You'd plant Your Word deep in our hearts so it would produce a harvest. We wouldn't just be hearers of it, but we'd be doers of it. God, we also submit to You now. We want to do Your will. We resist the devil. We thank you that he has to flee. Pray your protection on us and our children. We pray that in this hedge of protection that you'd minister to us, bring freedom and any need that's in this place. Will you provide for those people wherever they need your protection, your guidance, your provision, and your restoring of relationships. I pray, God, for anyone who's without hope in this place, will you knock on the door of their heart so they can open up their door and receive you as their Savior. In Jesus' name. Everyone believed it said, Amen. Awesome guys to take your seats. So good to have you in the house. For our first time guests, my name is Andre, and I encourage you after the service, you can walk straight out the door to the red banner to get your first free cappuccino, or you can use your your voucher for any other hot beverage. And uh, if you do need prayer, you've got cards in the seat cover or under your chair if you're in the front row. Uh, please, we'd love to serve you by praying for you. Don't go through the week uh, carrying your prayer by yourself or your, your need. Let us pray for you. And of course, you can use this card if you need any other info. But like we said, the best way to get it is go to the red banner and you can actually connect face-to-face with somebody. So we are doing Baptism Sunday. Uh, straight after the service, we'll be baptizing people. And it's a public declaration of our faith. So I encourage you, if you are outside of the service, why don't you celebrate with people who are getting baptized? Um, if you actually want to take the baptism step and you're not prepared, we have got tops and shorts and towels. So um, I encourage you guys, you can go to the, the toilets, ladies, ladies, men's, men's. And, and just a reminder uh, that you not only celebrating what happened on the inside, you're declaring publicly what's happened privately, you receive Jesus as your Savior. You're also identifying with what Jesus did when he died and rose again. So that, that picture in the water, um, the old is gone, but the new has come. But you're also identifying uh, with God's family. You're saying, I'm declaring that I'm a child of God and those who are receive salvation are children of God and the children of God are part of the family of God. And of course, you see in scripture, God's family is his church. So it's a public declaration of your faith. It's identifying uh, with Christ's family, and it's an initiation step. It's not something you put off until you're spiritually mature. It's, it's the only biblical condition to baptism is believing. And, and so I encourage you, as you give your life to Jesus, the first thing that happens is spiritually you get baptized into the body of Christ by Jesus, and then you take the next step which is your public declaration of faith. It doesn't save you. It's just your first step of obedience. When I got baptized, they broke through the ice. I went down. A polar bear swam past. Uh, there was a door down there. I'm sure it was from Titanic. There was enough space for Leonardo DiCaprio. And you guys know this. But anyway, and, but now the water's warm. I remember baptizing people in Zambia, and they stopped us and said, sorry, let's stop. There's a crocodile right there. And they said, let's go further upstream. And they one, two, three, four, five. Okay, let's do it here. And I said, let's end the baptism. Let's just sprinkle people. Anyway, um, and, but I did baptize one guy and I went down and he came up with a crocodile, but he was a Christian crocodile. Anyway, bad jokes all day. 
And he said, for what I'm about to receive, Lord, I'm truly grateful. And then, you, know, you guys, you, you've seen that. Anyway, so, um, but I do think people who got baptized in ice water like I did, they, of course, have a special place in heaven. And people who get baptized in warm water, of course, I think they're in the overflow room up there. Anyway, so, um, no, joking. Listen, yeah, the water's warm. And, and, and yo, we enjoy just celebrating with you and also have some fun. Um, but we've been doing our Better Together series. And we looked at um, how God has called us to relationship. And then he provides for it. And we looked in scripture that, that God planned his church actually before creation. That everything about creation is the back end of God desiring a family. And we, then we see the pattern that God pays the price for our sin. We become children of God and he places us in the family of God. So we actually, we've studied and we've seen that the church is actually not an organization. It's not an institution. It's actually a family that God's placed us in. We've also looked at the truth that, that God's got no plan B. We're plan A. And the problem with that is we're sinful people. Eh? So the, the whole rule is if you find a perfect church, don't, don't join it because you'll, you'll spoil it because you're not perfect. So you, of course, the church is made off of us. Um, but, but we, of course, as we come together, there's this huge blessing. There's this partnership. There's this unity that God commands a blessing over. And, and God actually calls us to relationship. You see in Psalm 23, it says, The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. And then it goes to say, He, anoint my, he anoints my head with oil. If you look at what shepherds did, do in that terrain and what they did at that time is they put oil on the sheep's head. I've taught on this before, but the oil, um, one of the things, like the, the oil helped with a few things, but one of the things was the oil would go on the sheep's head. And, and let's face it, sheep butt heads, hey, and we butt heads. Uh, but, but as they had the anointing oil on their heads, when they butted their heads, they'd slide off and it would not cause cracks on their heads. And so there's an anointing uh, for us to live amongst each other and even some points butt heads, but not to let it create massive harm. Um, and so there's an anointing uh, for us to live together and, and actually work through issues. Um, the other thing that the anointing also did was they put an oil up a sheep's nose. Because flies would fly up the nose, and then um, once you put the oil up the nose, the, the flies couldn't grip um, the, the nose, the inner part of the nose, and they'd slide out. So if you ever see a Christian with a lot of anointing coming out their nose and flies, it just means they're anointed. You know, Jack, like, and, but, but, but the whole thing is, come on, who's ever got a fly up their nose about an issue? Hey? But, but the anointing helps you get through those issues, and the things that actually could get into your nose and... And, and actually become um, even poisonous and, and actually become infected. But it actually doesn't have enough time to take root. And you forgive, you find healing. And so there's this anointing on the sheep for community, if you think about it. The other thing with the oil is if, if the sheep do knock their heads and they do crack their heads open, the oil helps them heal quicker. So even when there is pain and there has been hurt, the anointing can help you heal from that hurt. And you don't have to relate to people based on past hurts anymore. You can be healed. And, and, and what Satan would like to use to define you, God can use to help you minister to others who have actually gone through pain. And so, because so, you can understand. You say, well, this is how I got through it, the anointing of God, and this is steps I took, and this is what I saw in Scripture. So there's amazing anointing in God's church for community. And then we see later, it says um, in Psalm 133, how beautiful it is when brothers dwell together in harmony and unity. 
there the anointing oil flows, like down from Aaron's beard down. And of course, it's a picture of an anointing for ministry. So God anoints us for community, and then he gives us a special anointing to go out into our community to minister. And, and, and so, so even as we are in unity, it's the, it's the greatest test me. It says, they'll know that you are my disciples by the way you love each other. So, so like, if we can love each other, even though we're different, and that's what I love about our church, um, I think South Africa as a nation can, is a picture of heaven. Every tribe, every tongue coming together in our church. If you look in the rows, there are people from every tribe, every tongue, and there's an anointing for us to be together. We need to believe it because God wants to anoint us to be together. And then, then we can actually get a taste of heaven before we even get there because one day in heaven, heaven's going to be so beautiful, full of all people, but God's actually given us anointing for it. And, and when you walk away from um, pushing into relationships with people who are different from you, I, I believe you miss out on a special anointing that God's actually got for us, uh, for this nation. Um, and, and so as Christians, I encourage you, God's anointing us for community. And, and as we come together, there's a beautiful thing that happens uh, in the community because there's a ministry for that community because they go, you guys do life together? Yeah, but you've had to work through so much. Yes, but God's actually helping us. And they go, well, we'll know that they disciples of Jesus, by the way, they love each other because we live in a world that, that people are more isolated and people are more angry with each other. But, but there's an anointing in the house, in the church family, because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and lives in me. So as we live, sit in these rows, there's the same spirit inside of us, the spirit of God. And that's what actually connects us and makes us a beautiful family. But even in this family, God's also got people, and you need to also believe for it, but he's got people in this family that are there, that God's placed you, that are friends to your destiny. Now, God wants to give you friends in this house that are friends to your destiny, not your destruction. So even as you're a married couple, God wants to give you friends to your destiny as a married couple. Other couples can relate to you. He wants to give you friends to your destiny as an individual. He wants to give you friends to your destiny as a teenager, as a young adult. Um, so in whatever season you're in, He wants to give you friends. And, and I always ha- have come full of faith. Even as I've had friends who've been called to different parts of the country and the world, and even maybe found that my friendship circle shrunk a bit, I've always had the faith that God's going to bring other friends to my life. So I, so I pray, and I look for friends, and the Bible, I've always known that to, to, to have friends, I need to be a friend. So that's, I'm on the front foot. I don't play on the back foot. If you know any cricket, I'm on the front foot. I'm going to first be a friend, because I believe God's going to give me friends to my destiny. And, and so I've got a, a, two daughters, uh, Juliana and Zara, and um, so when I put them to bed, I pray over them, I, I put my hand on them, and I pray for them, and, I, and I, I just pray about their future, I declare what God thinks about them, and then I always pray, God, will you give them a friend, best friend, and friends to their destiny, not friends to their destruction, because um, you and I can know this, we, we might already know it, but, but show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Um, you can look at the, the, the five closest friends, the people you spend the most time with, and you actually can see your future in them. If you don't like what your future looks like based on your friendship circle, you need to change your friendship circle. You can't fool yourself, but you do become like the people you spend time with. Proverbs 13 verse 20 says, He who walks with the wise will be wise. Um, it goes on to say, um, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. 
And of course, wisdom is this ability to build. So he who walks with wise, they have this amazing ability to build, uh, but a companion of fools, they end up breaking things. And, and so friends can be your friends to your destiny. You can build, or they can be friends to your destruction. And you need to trust God for friends to your destiny. The other thing is we do attract who we are. We attract like-minded people. So if you are letting certain thought patterns dominate your life that are actually negative, and then you, then you sit with people who are thinking the same thoughts, don't be fooled. Because they say friendships, friendship is birth when you go, you too? I also, I also, same with me. The problem is when you meet the same person who's got the same negative thought, it's, it's not there to confirm, like, you know, I, you're right. Sometimes it's just because you are thinking negatively and you're attracting who you are. And so you always need to let God's word be the standard of your thought life. And even as you let that be the standard and you start to live in that direction, you can also attract people who have the same, um, who also have the word of God as the central uh, sort of uh, book in their life. God's word that, that is the most important words in their life. And you can also build a great life. You can have friends to your destiny. But, but even as you do have God's word richly dwelling in you, as Scripture says, um, when you do meet people who have opposing thoughts, you don't have to be ugly to them, but you, of course, can discern, hey, this will not be wise for me to actually get into partnership with this person. So 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 says, don't fool yourself. Bad friends will destroy you. This is a more well-known version, the uh, version of this uh, scripture. It says, Don't, "Do not be fooled. Bad company corrupts good behavior. Bad friends will destroy you." So you need to be very aware of that, not only for your children but for yourself. The first problem in the Bible, of course, is not sin. We see Adam's alone, solitude. And God said, "It's not good for man to be alone." So. So we were designed for relationships. We were never designed to be isolated, but, but we need good relationships. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 8 says, There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. And even if you're wealthy, if you're successful, it's relationship that really leads to contentment. You can accumulate everything in this life, but to really live is to live in great relationship with God, and a great relationship with people. There's a great contentment that comes into your life when you have healthy relationship with God and with people, great friends. The Bible actually tells us what friends look like. So let's quickly look at that. Few friends are true friends. Proverbs 18 verse 24. Friends come, friends go. But a true friend sticks by you like family. So that's the test of friendship. And you'll know true friends. They'll stick with you like family through and through. Here's another scripture on friendships that you can measure your friendships by. Friends love through all kinds of weather. Okay, so in Cape Town, we have all kinds of weather. So this is the only city that it really has good friends. Okay, no, bad joke. But, you know, other cities, they have like consistent. But, but friends love through all the storms and the sunshine. God wants you to trust for that kind of friend. He doesn't want you to have friends that are fickle. He wants you to have friends that have uh, uh, grit, they have pushed through. They're going to be with you. They're going to be good friends. And, and that's the friendship that God, this is what the Bible says about friendship, but this is what the kind of friendship God wants for you. Friends will speak the truth to you. Proverbs 27 verse 6, the wounds from a friend 
are worth it. Kisses from an enemy do you in. Of course, the enemy says things to you for their benefit. They even lift you up for their benefit. But friends will tell you the truth. And, 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 and of course, that's the friends you and I are looking for. Sometimes, you know, even when it's harsh, everyone's like, you look awesome. Your friend's like, no, there's, there's food in your teeth. And of course, that's like a, a, a funny and even stupid example. But, but we need friends who are going to tell us the truth about issues in our life that everyone doesn't want to talk about. They're too uncomfortable. But your friend takes you aside. They care for you. Yes, they're embarrassing you. They're taking you aside. They're caring for you. That's the kind of friends God wants to give you. they friends your destiny, not friends your destruction. And friends refresh us. Proverbs 27 verse 9. A sweet friendship refreshes the soul. Okay, if you are tired, worn out, drained, God wants to give you friends that refresh you. They're not a burden to you. When you see them, you can't wait to see them. They're not like, hey, we're going to have a bri. And then it gets closer and closer to that bri. You're like, why did I say yes to that bri? I feel so drained already. They haven't even arrived. You know what I mean? They, they support United. This is a waste of time. If they were Liverpool people, they'd be so refreshing. Anyway, you know what I mean? Because you never walk alone. That's actually a friendship statement. Anyway, so um, just that was revelation right there. Just on the spot. Boom. Never walk alone. But they refresh you. So um, Zara's, uh, my youngest daughter, just had her tonsils taken out on Wednesday. Um, and so I was on my way. Leandri took in, drops Juliana off, drove, driving in traffic to the hospital. And so what I'll do this in, in traffic, I'll just phone, I'll have a list, and I normally phone through my list of friends every few weeks. I just phone, how's it going? We spoke, lift each other, refresh each other, uh, we, we don't let each other be downcast. Then it's like, hey, what's, what's happening in this today or on your, your, your list this week? What do you need prayer for? I pray for that, pray. But, but I promise you, refreshing phone call. Do you have friends that refresh you? Um, God wants to give you those kinds of friends. And, and so you need to trust for it. Friends, sharpen one another. Proverbs 27 verse 17, uh, you use steel to sharpen steel, and one friend sharpens another. God wants you to not have a dullness to your life. If there's a sharpness on your life, it will actually lead to an ease. You'll use less effort when you are sharp. And, but when you are dull, when you are lonely, you have to work harder, and I get it why you're burnt out, but friendship leads to a sharpness that leads to less effort, an easier breakthrough, and that comes through friendship. So a lot of us are looking for that edge in our career, in our marriage, in our life, and, 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 and it comes through a healthy relationship with God and with people. Come on, we, we spend time with God. There's an edge to our life. We spend time with great friends, godly friends. There's an edge to our life. And, and there's wisdom. Uh, those who surround themselves with wise counsel assure themselves of victory. There's a sharpness to our life. So I want to encourage you to get into it. Why don't we get into friendship? Well, one of the reasons is pride. We focused on our, ourselves. Life is, is all about me. And maybe even there's embarrassment. So because of pride, we hold back from relationship because uh, we feel that people would point out our past or told you so or so we we just don't step into it or maybe there's something that you're dealing with now and you almost go if people knew I'd be so embarrassed I'm not going to step into relationship so so there's many ways pride is sort of uh, outworked in your life so it keeps us out of relationship a competitive spirit 
maybe you're not a great friend because you've always been competing with everyone. Like you're only happy when your friends are doing worse than you. It's like your friend has better than you. Now you don't want to go bry with him because you're actually depressed. You know, like, nah, I don't want to see you. Why? Because you're doing better than me. But a competitive spirit's not going to build healthy friendship. You and I need to be people who want them to succeed, but that only comes as we secure. As we find our identity in Christ, we are better friends. Um, insecurity, that keeps us out of friendship. Um, and let's face it, we, we're a bit jealous, we're competitive, um, and so this insecurity is there, and, and we struggle to be good friends. Uh, and that's something you need to go to God. Say, God, actually, this is something that's blocking me from having godly friends. So, so you ask God to help you through that. Then you're apathetic. You just, we, we let's face it, life's busier than it's ever been. Uh, people are more, time is lost, probably, on your device more than ever before. You always look at your device and you become apathetic in building healthy relationships. So, so you end up not making plans. You don't show up. You, you, so you, you give your, your worst bit of energy to friendship. You spend it on your device, on everything else, all by yourself, and you have no energy and, and you lose that sharpness in life. So we become apathetic. Past hurt. So I got hurt in my past through friendships. So I'm not going to build any friendship. And of course, pride and hurt take you to the same destination if you don't watch out. Pride can make you think you're better than anyone else and you find yourself all by yourself. Hurt goes, I'm going to build a wall to protect myself because nobody's actually protecting me. I'm going to have to protect myself. And then you build a wall, and the only person behind that wall is you. And you end up at the same destination that pride will take you to. So, so it's not going to allow you to have a relationship. And then um, your calendar. If you don't, um, if you fail, fail to plan, you plan to fail, especially when it comes to relationships. If you're not going to actually plan for a relationship, you're never going to have it, and you're going to wake up, and you're going to miss out on what God's plan is for your life to actually be in relationship. Um, you're going to lose that sharpness. You're not going to be refreshed. And you're not going to have friends to your destiny. And, and you're going to give your, the, the last part of you, if you, if you have any energy to relationship, um, or you're just going to be lonely. So, so you have to put it on your calendar. Why? I'm going to give you four things why it's so important to, give, to, to have relationship. Number one, I need people who will care for me. This is why relationships are important. I need people. You say, Andre, it's all about you. <laughs> I need people who care for me, and you need people who care for you. And you know how God actually, God's plan for that caring you need? It's actually His family. John 13 verse 12, Jesus washing the disciples' feet. says this, When He had finished washing their feet, He put on His clothes and returned to His place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I'm not saying go wash each other's feet. I'm saying wash your own feet. And it'll be good to wash your feet, some of you guys. Anyway, the wives are all like looking at. I agree, looking at your husband. But, but care for each other. God wants you to care for each other. And you also need care. You were not designed to go through life without being cared for. If you aren't being cared for, I've no doubt there's a bit of hardness in your heart. And maybe your statement in life is, I can do this by myself. No one's looked out for me. 
I'm going to look out for me. God's designed you to be cared for. He's also designed you to care for others. And he hasn't made any plan B. If you would care for other people and let people care for you, you will really experience why God created, has designed you for it. And I believe you'll start to experience the life you've desired to live. Simple way to care for people is prayer. Prayer equals care. So, so like I said, even driving, I have friends, we phone, what can I pray for? Hey, I pray for that. And, and then I'll phone them later, message them, how's it going? I oh, know it's, I'm feeling a bit better, still not breakthrough, but I'm, I'm trusting for it. Okay, cool. And they ask me, I say, well, this is what I'm believing for. Sometimes breakthrough comes immediately, sometimes it takes a while, but we care for each other. Simple way to care is to pray. Prayer equals care. But you and I were designed to care for each other. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. John Maxwell, great thought. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Care is very important. You and I need it. We were designed to be cared for. But the best way to go about it is to actually care for others first. Because you, whatever you sow, you'll reap. Don't wait for people to care for you. Don't become a victim in life. Nobody cared for me. That's why I care for, no, 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 care for people. You know, um, I always want my girls, I always like bring them, when we're about to go somewhere, or they're about to hang out with friends, or we're about to be with their cousins, uh, Juliana, Zara, unless you know you're loved, you're blessed. Are you blessed? Yes. Have you got so much to be grateful? Yes. You can be an awesome blessing to your friends and your cousins today. You do not need anything from them, but you've got everything for them. Why? Mommy and Daddy, we've got you. God's got you. We're going to take care of you. Okay. So they go now. Oh, you say at school. Sometimes moments happen. I stop them. No, that's a victim mindset. You're becoming ungrateful. Do you? Are you blessed? Yes. You do not need those things. You've got everything to give. I want to teach you. I always say, why do I want you always to be? Grateful. If you're grateful, you're going to be somebody who sows, somebody who's generous, who gives care. I want you to care for your friends. I want you to be considerate to others. You will be cared for greatly as you sow care. And that's why I teach them all the time. Because you and I, when we spend time with our father in the morning, you know what it leads to? You see how much he cares for you? You're back in that place of being a child of innocence. Wow, God, thank you that you own the cattle in a thousand hills. You are awesome. You've shown me your love. You've taken great care of me. And in that space, you're empowered to care for others. I encourage you to be generous, not a victim. Set the tone in your life. You do need care, but give it first. And I promise you, you're going to start to receive it in your relationships. Uh, so, so I encourage you to also take your care to another level. Join a team that cares for people. Our dream team is they care 
for people in this church. Our dream teamers have got you early. They prep the building. They make sure the toilets are clean. They, the kids' church dream teamers, they make sure you can know that your kids are being ministered to. They're safe. Our car park gets a, team gets ready. Our production being here early. Our worship team, they create a place where you can come and worship God. It's simple. It's just a place where you can care. They're, they're people are making coffees. Um, and, and you know what I mean? But, but they get it. They're, we're caring for people. We're prepping the place because we, we want people to find a, a, pla- a house they can come to and worship God. We're going to create space. But they are, the dream team, they, they, they care at another level. Our view group leaders, they care at another level. So I want to encourage you to not only care one-on-one. I want you to, I want you to join a team that cares with other people who care. And I promise you, you'll start to care about people anymore. And you'll sow it, and you're going to reap it abundantly. The windows of heaven will be open your life. I promise you, you will have no lack. And, and I've continuously, uh, I've been in this church since I was 17, I'm turning 45. Even knocking heads, or I've just committed to being in relationship, to caring, to sowing. To be, and and this, this house has blessed me greatly. I'm so grateful for this house. But the biggest blessings have come on the back end of just me going, I'm already blessed. I'm here to be a blessing. I'm here to care. I'm here to build relationships. I'm going to give myself to relationships. And I experience Number two, I need people who will encourage me. I need people who will encourage me. We all need people who will encourage us. We can't live without it. John 14 verse 1, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me, because Jesus is speaking here. You can't let your life get to this place where you're overwhelmed and you're troubled. Hebrews 3 verse 13, but encourage one another daily as long as it's, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You go, you know, I've actually, my heart's got hard. I've got frustrated. A lot of us, in our hard seasons, we go, I'm going to go sort myself out. I'm just going to go on a retreat. You know what I mean? I'm just going to just me, myself, and I. Because I can't deal with relationships right now. And it's the worst thing because we somehow think our heart's going to get soft, isolating ourselves. I'm going to take some me time. You know, when you're upset with life, I just need more me time. Yes, you, I get it. You, you need some time out. So I'm not speaking. Sometimes you need to go do something that fills your tank. But this scripture says, encouragement is key to keeping your heart soft. It's key to keep you out of being deceived. It's key to keep you out of a place where, where you, you are fragile. You know what I mean? You're always on the verge of breaking down. You're always on the verge of blowing a gasket. Like, the encouragement, there's this, there's this flexibility in this. Um, you become, you're more agile. You're not fragile. You, you actually got the soft heart and God can direct somebody with a soft heart but a hard heart that's hard to direct so you encourage one another you know on the phone with my friends we encourage one another you know if you get on the phone call and and you think life's tough and um, like things are hard in this nation by the end of the phone call we're like like and listen, I must admit, I'm, I'm always thinking we live in the best city. We are blessed. God's going to be like, a, I struggle. But, but, but of course, I've spent time with God as well. But I promise you, my friends, I don't want them to leave a phone call. The, you know what I mean? They, they declare, hey, we are so blessed. By the end of the phone call, we even like, Liverpool's going to win the league. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you, 
the other helps. But if there's no one to help, tough. We don't want to be fools and do life apart. And before last thing, I need people who will protect me. All this I've told you so that you will not go astray. All of this I've told you so that you'll not go astray. I don't want you to stray. I don't want you to walk away from the blessing of relationships. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. A triple braided cord is not easily broken. It's God's answer to being defeated. It's God's answer when you're under attack. Relationships are God's answer to you overcoming, standing strong and not being defeated. And how much more as you have a relationship with God and people can you not be broken? You're living in a place of brokenness. God wants to bring healing into your life and protect you from ever going back there, from being defeated. It's a place of freedom. You know, stand up quickly. I want to encourage you, if you are getting water baptized and you've come prepared, if you're a lady, go to the ladies' toilets. If you're a guy, go to the guys' toilets. Why don't you go get changed? If you want to get water baptized, we've got tops and shorts and towels. You can go, gents to the gents, ladies to the ladies, and go get ready. I'm going to ask, we're going to quickly worship, and then I'm going to pray for you. Okay, um, so let's quickly worship, then I'm going to pray.